Tonight, breaking news, the Supreme Court just moments ago revealing it will take up Donald Trump's presidential immunity claim. Also tonight, the dangerous storms moving into the Northeast. The images, the fires burning out of control, dozens of homes gone. And remembering a beloved comedian and actor tonight. First, the Supreme Court decision just in, the nation's highest court will take up Donald Trump's appeal of that lower court ruling that had unanimously rejected his claim of sweeping presidential immunity. Now the nation's highest court will decide. Devin Dwyer and Kate Shaw both here. The dangerous storms moving into the Northeast tonight. Nearly a dozen reported tornadoes, heavy rain, gusting winds from Washington, D.C. up through Philadelphia and New York City. Rob Marciano is here. The fires burning out of control in Texas, burning through multiple towns, homes destroyed. A nuclear weapons plant forced to evacuate. Ola Lenke in Texas. Senator Mitch McConnell revealing he will step down as Republican leader in the Senate. What McConnell said today about the times we're in. John Carl in Washington. President Biden undergoing his annual physical, what his doctor is saying tonight. The heated hearing behind closed doors on the Hill. Hunter Biden testifying for seven hours. Rachel Scott reporting. The execution of a serial killer in Idaho called off today after eight attempts. The prison staff failing eight times to find a vein. Overseas, Pope Francis taken to the hospital for a time. The news coming in tonight. And here at home, we remember a beloved comedian and actor tonight, known for so many roles, including Curb Your Enthusiasm. From ABC News World Headquarters in New York, this is World News Tonight with David Muir. Good evening, and it's great to have you with us here on a very busy Wednesday night. We will get to these dangerous storms, the system now moving into the northeast and the fires burning out of control in Texas, the images coming in. But we do begin tonight with the breaking news from the Supreme Court, the nation's highest court late today agreeing to hear former President Donald Trump's claim of absolute immunity from prosecution for actions he took while in office. The move comes after a lower court, a federal appeals court, had unanimously rejected Donald Trump's claim. This move from the Supreme Court to decide this will delay the federal case brought by special counsel Jack Smith for Trump's alleged actions to overturn the election and January 6th. So tonight here, how soon could the Supreme Court decide this? And if they don't decide in Donald Trump's favor, would there still be time for this federal trial before the presidential election? Our team answering it all on ABC's Devin Dwyer leading us off tonight. Tonight, the Supreme Court says it will take up former President Donald Trump's claim of absolute presidential immunity as he faces criminal charges brought by special counsel Jack Smith for alleged efforts to overturn the results of the 2020 election. The court now taking on a monumental unanswered question. Can a former president be criminally prosecuted for actions taken while in office? A federal appeals court earlier this month unanimously rejected Trump's immunity claims, saying former President Trump has become citizen Trump. Any executive immunity that may have protected him while he served as president no longer protects him against this prosecution. The justices stepping into the middle of a divisive debate over Trump's conduct after the last election as he's set to become the Republican nominee a third time. Trump blasting the charges against him on the campaign trail. And the president has to have immunity. And tonight, saying without immunity, a president will not be able to properly function or make decisions. The news tonight, a major setback for special counsel Jack Smith, further delaying a potential Trump trial that much closer to the presidential election. All right, so let's get right to Devin Dwyer, who covers the Supreme Court for us. Devin, when will the Supreme Court hear arguments in this case? And of course, the question people at home are going to want to ask, uh, how soon could the court decide this? 
David, the court says it will hear oral arguments in this case on April 22nd. That's an incredibly fast timetable, and a decision on immunity for former President Trump could come as soon as early May, but certainly by the end of June, David. So they'll take this up in late April. They'll hear arguments. A decision could come weeks uh, later. Devin Dwyer leading us off. Devin, thank you. Let's get right to ABC News Supreme Court contributor Kate Shaw. Kate, a couple of quick questions for viewers at home tonight trying to make sense of it all. Uh, what does history tell us about how quickly the Supreme Court might decide this? Well, David, under normal circumstances, a case like this probably would be decided at the end of June. But there is definitely precedent for the court moving much faster in a case like this. And here I think the court can and should move more quickly. Uh, in 1974, President Richard Nixon asked the court to basically hold. He didn't have to turn over Oval Office recordings. The court heard oral arguments and less than three weeks later ruled unanimously against him. So the Supreme Court has a very strong unanimous court of appeals opinion. If it wanted to affirm that opinion, it could do it in a matter of weeks. Kate will be watching that in the meantime, if it's May or perhaps weeks later in June, how does this determine uh, whether or not a federal trial could move forward? Because it still puts it all right in the vicinity of the Republican National Convention and, of course, within months of the election. You know, I think the decision today makes a trial difficult but not impossible. So I think that if the case gets sent back to the district court for trial, if it's May, there still could be a trial maybe late this summer. If it's late June, I think it we're getting close to impossible. So I think we are very much on a knife's edge here, and it really is in the hands of the Supreme Court whether we're going to see a trial or not. Kate Shaw with us tonight as well. Kate, thanks as always. To the other news tonight and to the dangerous storm sweeping across the country now headed to the northeast at this hour. It comes after reported tornadoes and devastating wildfires still raging at this hour. More than 100 million Americans under wind alerts right now from Atlanta up to Washington, D.C., Philadelphia to New York City. Meantime, I mentioned the fires raging in Texas, the Smokehouse Creek fire north of Amarillo, now the second largest in Texas history. Flames destroying multiple homes in Canadian Texas. Firefighters racing through walls of thick smoke. We'll time out the storms hitting the northeast, but first, Mololenghi near the fire lines in Texas tonight. Tonight, a first look at the destruction caused by those explosive wildfires in the Texas Panhandle. Raging flames devouring dozens of homes and buildings in multiple towns, including Canadian Texas, northeast of Amarillo. Homes still smoldering. As folks begin to return, some are finding the charred remains of what used to be a home, just piles of ash and rubble. Heartbreaking videos showing Hemphill County Sheriff Brent Clapp and his wife Rachel's own home burned to the ground. They barely had time to escape. It was panic. My husband called me and he said, you need to get stuff packed and get out now. You got to get out now. Like every three minutes he would call back and he said, no, no, you don't have any time. Get out now. Watch the terrifying moment. This driver races into the firestorm, burning embers, pelting the windshield. The fire so hot it melted parts of this lamppost. Flames closing in on the Pantex nuclear weapons facility, forcing the temporary shutdown and evacuation of the plant late Tuesday. Officials today saying operations have resumed. Well, officials here say no deaths or injuries reported so far, and they're still assessing exactly how many homes like this one were destroyed in this fire. Tonight, firefighters still battling several fires trying to get the upper hand before stronger winds move in later this week, David. Mola Lenghi in Texas for us. Mola, thank you. Of course, all of this part of the same system that is now bringing dangerous storms to the east. Heavy rain and gusting winds from Washington right up through New York City. Nearly a dozen reported tornadoes from this. Here's senior meteorologist Rob Marciano now. 
Tonight, powerful storms and high winds targeting the northeast after slamming the Midwest with multiple confirmed tornadoes. During the evening, storms forcing the FAA to evacuate the air traffic control center in charge of all incoming flights in the Chicago area. By daybreak, families in the suburbs surveying the damage. It was so loud, so scary. It was something I've never heard before. Just outside Columbus, Ohio, Joe Vedritsky says he and his wife had to be rescued from their bedroom after an EF2 tornado ripped through there. The rest of their house destroyed. I looked out through the hallway and it was covered in two by fours. I knew I couldn't get out, so I told her, let's go back to bed. Thank God we're alive. And just south of Flint, Michigan, in Grand LeBlanc Township, another confirmed EF2 tornado with winds of 115 miles per hour carving a six-mile path of destruction. It's the only February tornado to hit southeast Michigan in recorded history. And so let's bring in Rob Marciano with us tonight to time out the storms as they're still on the move at this hour. Hey, Rob. Hi, David. First off, the geography and the calendar of these tornadoes is shifting as our climate warms. And this system has a huge contrast in temperatures fueling the entire thing. We've got wind alerts up and down the front of this thing because of that. There you see it. The rain is ahead of it as it pushes through tonight. That's when you see the wind shift and crank up to 50, 60 miles an hour in spots. And the temperatures drop dramatically. Tomorrow's highs a good 20 to 25 degrees cooler than today. And the wind chills in the morning. Morning. In the teens and single numbers in some spots, we might see some black ice. Obviously, winter is still alive and well here. And with that, another winter storm with blizzard warnings up for the West through this weekend. David? Yeah, those temperatures, a stark reminder indeed. Rob, thank you. We're going to turn now to the major news from the Hill tonight. Senator Mitch McConnell announcing he will step down as Republican leader, the 82-year-old, the longest-serving Senate leader in history, acknowledging today the political times we're in. Here's our chief Washington correspondent, Jonathan Carl. The end of an era. Mitch McConnell, the longest-serving Senate leader ever and one of the most influential senators of all time, announced today he'll step down as the Republican leader in November. Father time remains undefeated. I'm no longer the young man sitting in the back hoping colleagues would remember my name. It's time for the next generation of leadership. McConnell, who turned 82 just last week, has suffered a series of health setbacks. But as he hinted today, his move is as much about politics. He's a man no longer at home in a party dominated by Donald Trump. Believe me, I know the politics within my party at this particular moment in time. I have many faults. Misunderstanding politics is not one of them. McConnell and Trump haven't spoken for more than three years. McConnell refused to go along with Trump's efforts to overturn the 2020 election, and he blamed Trump for January 6th. There's no question, none, that President Trump is practically and morally responsible for provoking the events of the day. And now McConnell finds himself in what could be his final battle against Trump and his acolytes in Congress, fighting to secure funding to help Ukraine defend itself in its war with Russia. But the McConnell legacy is already secure, above all in helping to install a conservative supermajority over at the Supreme Court. President Biden today said that he was sorry to hear that McConnell was stepping down, adding, quote, we fight like hell, but I've trusted him We've had a great relationship. John, while David. I have you, in the meantime, the other developing headline from The Hill, as you know, leaders now striking a deal to avoid a government shutdown, at least for now. 
Yeah, don't don't break out the champagne yet. This is just a temporary extension. Uh, keeps the uh, government running for another week, uh, but a showdown yet to come yet again. John Carl with us tonight. Thank you, John. Meantime tonight, President Biden undergoing his annual physical amid this presidential election year where age has become an issue for some voters. Let's get right to ABC's Selena Wang live at the White House tonight. Selena, the president's doctor saying he is, quote, uh, fit for duty. That's right, David. The president's doctor giving him a clean bill of health, saying today's exam found no new concerns. He calls the Next president year. a healthy, active, robust 81-year-old male who remains fit to successfully execute the duties of the presidency. Now, today's exam did not include a mental fitness test. The White House saying the president's doctors have determined he doesn't need one. And today, the White House telling me that the president proves his cognitive abilities every single day by doing his job. David. Selena Wang tonight. Selena, thank you. Meantime, the president's son, Hunter Biden, was questioned behind closed doors for seven hours today. The heated hearing part of the House Republicans' impeachment inquiry into the president and his son. Here's ABC's Rachel Scott now. Tonight, President Biden's son, Hunter, testifying for nearly seven hours. As House Republicans forge ahead with their troubled impeachment investigation. Behind closed doors, Hunter Biden calling the investigation a partisan political pursuit built on lies, insisting I did not involve my father in my business, acknowledging I've made mistakes in my life, but my mistakes and shortcomings are my own and not my father's. Republicans on the committee unloading. Hunter Biden is being defiant and also dishonest. Republicans built their case largely on a claim from an FBI informant that as vice president, Biden took a $5 million bribe from the Ukrainian energy company Burisma, where Hunter Biden sat on the board. The Justice Department now calls that story a fabrication, and the informant has been charged with lying to the FBI. The Republican case has completely fallen apart over the last several weeks. They are now trying to scramble to find anything um, to substantiate their fairy tale. Chairman, what do you say to some Democrats who see this as a sham? They say that one of the people that you identify well, as should... credible, though, has been indicted of a crime, indicted of lying. Uh, th listen, uh, they've mentioned three of the people that we deposed as not being credible. These people were the partners of Hunter Biden. Okay? It's a reflection on the Bidens, not me, that their partners have all been indicted or in prison. Tonight, an attorney for Hunter Biden told reporters that after seven hours, Republicans failed to provide any evidence of wrongdoing by President Biden. The committee plans to release a transcript of that testimony in the coming days. David. Rachel Scott, live on the Hill for us. Rachel, thank you. Next tonight to the scheduled execution of a serial killer in Idaho, called off today after eight attempts, the prison staff failing eight times to find a vein. Here's Alex Perez. Tonight, officials in Idaho halting the execution of 73-year-old convicted serial killer Thomas Creech after prison medical staff failed eight times to carry out the lethal injection. The Department of Corrections director says three medical team members couldn't access Creech's veins to establish an IV, trying his arms, legs, hands, and feet. An hour later, the warden calling the execution off. It was a vein quality issue uh, that made them not confident in their ability to administer chemicals through the IV site. Creech, behind bars for nearly 50 years, was convicted of five murders across three states and suspected of other killings. He was set to be Idaho's first execution in 12 years. The U.S. Supreme Court denied his last-minute request for clemency. We are planning to allow the death warrant to expire because we don't anticipate a change in status or circumstance that would allow us to continue with the execution today. 
And David, the state is now considering its options. Creech's attorney is calling this a badly botched incident, and they're now seeking a new stay of execution. David? All right, Alex Prez with us here. Alex, thank you. Here in New York tonight, an appeals court denying Donald Trump's request to pause that $454 million penalty against him and his business while he appeals his civil fraud trial. Trump's lawyers had offered to put up a $100 million bond against the $454 million saying otherwise Trump might have to sell property to pay for it. Tonight, the appeals court signaling his offer of a $100 million bond will not be sufficient. When we come back here, news coming in tonight on Pope Francis taken to the hospital for a time, what the Vatican is saying tonight amid widespread backlash, how Wendy's is now responding tonight. And we remember a beloved comedian and actor in a moment. Hey, I'm Andy Mitchell, a New York Times bestselling author. And I'm Sabrina Kohlberg, a morning television producer. We're moms of toddlers and best friends of 20 years. And we both love to talk about being parents, yes, but also pop culture. So we're combining our two interests by talking to celebrities, writers, and fellow scholars of TV and movies. Cinema, really. About what we all can learn from the fictional moms we love to watch. From ABC Audio and Good Morning America, Pop Culture Moms is out now wherever you listen to podcasts. As in previous campaigns, it's the economy, stupid. We'll be looking at that this morning. First, though, it's the news, stupid. It is the economy, stupid. It's not the economy, stupid. It's national security, stupid. It's the hair, stupid. In 1992, one of the best-known pieces of presidential campaign wisdom was born. It's the economy, stupid. But was it actually the economy that won Bill Clinton that election? In a new series from the 538 Politics podcast, we're taking a look back at conventional wisdom from past elections with a critical lens. Where did that wisdom come from, and does it hold up today? Find the Campaign Throwback series in the 538 Politics feed wherever you get your podcasts. Tonight, Pope Francis is back at the Vatican following a brief trip to the hospital. Before going to the hospital, he appeared at today's general audience telling the crowd he had a slight cold. Tonight, the Vatican saying he was taken for tests because of flu-like symptoms, the Pope canceling recent audiences because he wasn't feeling well. When we come back here tonight, Wendy's is now responding to the backlash over those reports of the prices changing on the menu depending on the hours you're there. And then the tributes at this hour for comedian and actor Richard Lewis. To the index and tonight, Wendy's is now responding to the backlash over reports about Wendy's testing what they call a dynamic pricing plan. The fast food chain tonight now insisting it has no plans to raise prices based on demand throughout the day. The company says it's clarifying its CEO's comments saying Wendy's will roll out digital menu boards next year, allowing it to offer discounts during the day at slower hours. When we come back here tonight, remembering comedian and actor Richard Lewis, famous on late night TV, the movies, and of course, Curb your enthusiasm. Funny tonight, celebrating comedian and actor Richard Lewis. Richard Lewis was a master of self-deprecating comedy. I left my shrink too soon. I, I had to take an incomplete. I just don't know what I'm doing anymore. Here. Would you welcome Richard Lewis? For decades, a constant on late night TV. I wake up at one in the morning. I take a quick shower, I am down to that DMV at 2.15 a.m., and there are 25,000 people wrapped around the DMV. They had, like, little barbecue pits there, they're wailing away with chops. 
on stage alongside Robin Williams and Billy Crystal. New Year's Eve, I spent with the family back in Jersey. We sat around midnight, we watched our hopes drop, you know, at midnight. Mel Brooks' 1993 comedy Robin Hood, Men in Tights, playing the prince and his ever-moving mole. Wasn't your mole on the other side? I have a mole? Years later, making a new generation laugh at HBO's Curb Your Enthusiasm. Who is that? It's a self-portrait. It's like you from 50 years ago. This is me now. You know what? I think I want a portrait by Richard Lewis. Maybe you could paint me with hair. (laughs) Tonight, Larry David saying Richard Lewis had that rare combination of being the funniest person and also the sweetest. Richard Lewis died peacefully overnight at his home in Los Angeles after suffering a heart attack. He revealed last April he had Parkinson's disease. Tonight here, Richard Lewis in his own words. I chose applause over tears and booze over fears. Survived and moved on to a new life. Still crazy, but finally with a bit of hopefulness and contentment added to the mix. You're a wonderful crowd and... uh... So many people remembering Richard Lewis tonight. So many laughs. Good night. As in previous campaigns, it's the economy, stupid. We'll be looking at that this morning. First, though, it's the news, stupid. It is the economy, stupid. It's not the economy, stupid. It's national security, stupid. It's the hair, stupid. In 1992, one of the best-known pieces of presidential campaign wisdom was born. It's the economy, stupid. But was it actually the economy that won Bill Clinton that election? In a new series from the 538 Politics podcast, we're taking a look back at conventional wisdom from past elections with a critical lens. Where did that wisdom come from, and does it hold up today? Find the Campaign Throwback series in the 538 Politics feed wherever you get your podcasts.